I guess we'll just jump right into the news. No, I don't think knew he was glitching out right there for a second. But the main story of the week was Emma, the Emilia Romano, insert all the other sponsor names, was unfortunately canceled. I believe, yeah, they're not postponing it. It canceled from this calendar this season due to uh, severe flooding in the region of yeah. the, in Imola. So thoughts and prayers to them. But that just means we have another week without racing, which again, then it gets stacked. Because Imola, I really enjoyed Imola last year. It was a good race. Like that's a good track. It's one of the Italian tracks where all these the the um Fosi. the the Fosi, Yes, that's what I was looking for. I was about to say the Scuderia. Tifosi come out. All the scooterias show up technically. But yeah, but, yeah, but that was but I was looking forward to that, but unfortunately just wasn't in the cards this week. And we hope we pray that everyone's doing okay up there over there in Italy. But mm-hmm. yeah, another week without racing, which we've already had a few of this this year because of uh China being canceled and now this. So we've had more extended breaks than we already thought of. But yeah, what do you guys take away from this week so far then? Well, first of all, Griggs, don't act like there's no other racing available. Oh, boy, right? here we go. We got NASCAR. We got over there in North Wilkesboro. In your neck, the woods. Son, you should be over there. It should just be me and Ben in this podcast right now. I don't got, I don't got the money. Dude, I would have given you a small are like 50 bucks. That is no excuse. North Wilkesboro is a postage stamp. Is it really? Yes, dude, it's like an old track that Noah's just so happy because they don't they're not holding the all star race in Dal in Texas this year. That is that good. Is I'm excited about the all star race. Always love Coca Cola six hundred as well. I always try to tune in for both of those. Yeah, Carolina produces the best races. That's okay. a fact. That the is best but, yeah. <laughs> but yes, the um as I like to call it, the San Grand Prix, as it was historically known. Um, was canceled due to severe flooding in the area. I mean, I think it's it's definitely the right call. You know, you have so many people that can help out with that, and they're kind of limited in a human capacity, but imagine having to split your police officers between doing security for a Grand Prix and helping people who have lost their homes. You know, it's definitely, it definitely would have been a bad look for F1. And not to mention the fact that, like, even with the flooding, the track looked undrivable. Like, there were pictures coming out from people taking pictures from the paddock. It just, the conditions just wouldn't make for anything of a race. Like, yeah. with the amount, of, and you think about that when you're talking about police bin, which is the amount of trying to get people into this. It's already a smaller track compared to some other places, but yeah. just getting everyone in and the pouring down rain, it's everything's flooded. Probably the infrastructure there, the bathrooms, the concessions, the merchandise, everything would have been. It kind would of have washed been, out. It would have been a nightmare for F1 to try and work around. And also, I mean, it's just, it would just be a bad taste in my mouth personally, just because I've been around a lot of natural disaster. And I know what that looks like. And like having, having the Italian motorsport body saying, like, we shouldn't be doing this is definitely enough of a sign. And I'm glad they didn't wait till the last minute, you know, as they did with. Australia 2020 really dropped the ball there and they canceled it on Friday. I've never so, seen that drive to survive. Yeah, I remember you talking, about, I remember them talking about that. Yeah, and um, F1 definitely acted quickly and decisively, which is, yeah, a good the, thing. Yeah, they decided that on what was it, Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Okay, good. Yeah, because it would have gone into Wednesday or even Thursday, it would have been 
a very big problem because then people would have definitely already been there and everything. So glad that's not the case. But yeah, Noah, you said let's just jump right in what we were going to tweet. We didn't get to tweet out a graphic today, but Noah, once again, his favorite topic to talk about besides racing is TV. So Noah put that on the agenda for today. So Noah, what do you got for us? Well, first of all, I just want y'all to applaud me. Look at these notes I took. All right, this is about 10 minutes of research all on one sheet of notebook paper. And let me go ahead and tell you all the rating, uh, as I said last week, was a 1.96 million on ABC uh, for the Miami Grand Prix, down 30% in ratings from the last time they uh, raced there. It peaked at 2.2 million, which I... According to the research I saw on Sports Media Watch was the exact moment that Max Verstappen took the lead. So then the viewership immediately dropped off, which says a lot about how this how no, things went. So after lap 17, the viewership just went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did that exactly. Uh, for other reference, Celtics versus Sixers on ESPN, which was the same day. I believe it ran at about the same time, got 5.1 million. I mean, you can't really do a lot. Basketball is the backbone of America. Uh, another big thing that I didn't get to talk about last week that I want to talk about, the uh, Nielsen ratings really help understand like what different markets are talking about. And uh, the top five listed was Miami, of course, which had a 3.1. It was 3.7 last year, so it is down a bit. Uh, coming up next is West Palm Beach with 2.5. In third place was Austin, Texas, who had a large uh, Nielsen rating with 2.4. Uh, Buffalo, New York got 1.5. And the one I was really excited to tell you guys, Knoxville, Tennessee got 1.5. So it tied, oh, yeah, with, it tied with Buffalo. And my immediately first thought was we should move the Miami Grand Prix to Nashville oh, here it comes. because there is no way a small market like Knoxville can hold a Formula One race as the NBA and the NFL have already proven to me. But moving I thought you were going to say Bristol. That was going to be very funny if you said Bristol. Well, they should. That's not. That's a great idea. You should. I should have came up with that. Good one, Greg. Good one, Griggs. But uh, it's going to be Briggs. Yeah, tomato, tomato, whatever it is. Um, one Briggs, thing also. Briggs. Uh, another big thing about this, too, is I thought with Knoxville, you can get a lot more people in the Tennessee than you can Miami. I mean, I know, as my father always liked to joke, it's about five hours to get to Orlando and then five hours to get to Miami because of traffic. I think with moving a race to Knoxville, Tennessee, or somewhere in the Tennessee area, which does have some pretty high numbers on the Nielsen family ratings, uh you can get a lot more people into that district. I know they're so not going saying, to because of money, but. I mean, yeah, who's going to be able to buy tickets? No, judging by this logic, my Detroit Grand Prix should happen then. Yes, yeah, so a Detroit Grand Prix should happen. Uh, even if they do it in another car park, you at least have. No, street circuit. It, it's same thing, different Tuesday. You know what I mean. Same, different Tuesday. I've never heard that before. I've heard that recently, actually. Really? But I, I would say, like, <laughs> hypothetically, F1 does move to Nashville using the existing IndyCar circuit. 
Mm. It uh, besides the like, only, oh go ahead. The only track currently that goes over a bridge over a large body of water. Pretty cool. Yeah, Nikita, um, Nikita Maspin isn't there anymore, so that's not a problem. Funny, but I mean, there's a Nick DeVries on a hairpin on a bridge. What could go wrong? Alberto Oscari, 1950-something. Yeah. Nick, Nick DeVries yeah. just needs to act like he's driving a Williams, and then he'll score points, because it's obviously not working just driving an, Al- an Alvatari. Yeah. I mean, like we said last week, that was a bit of right car, right time. But, I mean, he did drive well. Scoring points on debut. It's pretty impressive. But, anyway. <laughs> I'll keep talking um, about these crashes like they're a bad thing. Let me tell you something, folks. They bring in ratings. All right? And that's what's important. Here we go again with the ratings. Look at the ratings. All right? You look at NASCAR at Canvas, which or Kansas, which ran the same way that had a big-time ordeal with the Watermelon Man running into Kyle Larson, and that got 2.35 million views, Ben. Tell me crashes don't sell. I mean, they do. So. literally could not care less because I'm not a fan of TV ratings. I'm a fan of motorsports. I could not care less. I care. But that said, it is a good indicator for the popularity of the sport in the country, and that does matter. And you know what? Abby, 2021, definitely stormed Nielsen. Stormed it. Guarantee it. And that right there, controversy sells. Not just crashes, controversy sells. Let's move back into real racing talk then. You said you wanted to talk about some other series, both Ben and no. Or no. Oh, Ben had a good idea. We already, we already kind of touched on NASCAR a little bit. We can go to Ben's idea we were talking about earlier. Let's talk about right now um, where Ben was talking about before he was like complaining how he back in time. Um, I made it. Discuss the drivers under pressure. So I'll start this conversation, I guess. Yeah. And then, then yes, we'll call it like, um, let's do it. Do you do this in soccer? Buy or sell the futures of these drivers at their current racing teams? I think that's what, kind of what Ben was getting at. Is that what you were saying? Exactly. Right. So I'll lead this conversation. I'll kick it to Noah first and then to Ben. All right. So the first driver we're talking about. Buy or sell. We just were talking about him a second ago. Nick DeVries at Alphatari. He's just he's a rookie technically, and he's still on his contract. So, no, sell Nick DeVries. I'm gonna buy him. I think he's a little bit too young. I don't know exactly how these uh, European soccer uh, terms work, but I mean, I I think I'd buy him. I think he's still young. That point in Monza goes a long way, and I think uh, that helps me keep him on the roster. Ben. So, he's 26. It's the same age as Max Verstappen in his rookie season. Mm, I did not know. I forgot about that. Has had nothing to show for it so far. Other than plowing into his teammate. um, Going off in practice. And, I mean, you're allowed one mistake per every three weeks. I'd say is fair for a rookie. He's made a mistake every weekend. And it's been directly his fault. So it's over for him. He, you know, he may be in a bad car that's hard to drive, but he was in a bad car that was hard to drive. And you know what? If if you don't perform, I think it's okay to say 
you didn't deliver. You're out. Yeah, I'm. I even want my F1 fancy team to start the year because I'm like, if he could do that with the Williams, imagine what he can do with an Avatari. Thinking about the last year's Avatari that did okay, not great, but still finished. Yeah. Constructors. Hey, that's a lot better than they're at right yeah. now. Right. Constructors ahead of Williams. Currently, um, still, but much more depressingly. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just gonna sell him. Like again, like he, him being an older rookie, he needs to show more now rather than later, especially when it comes time for contract times because you've seen some teams jump the gun pretty quickly i mean with getting rid of driver extended contracts like i can't imagine nick devries's alfatari contract can't be bought out pretty easily even though that does go against their cost goes against the cost cap i think red bull and alfatari would look into that as a possibility if he continues not scoring points i mean liam lawson is hungry right Mm -hmm. now kid's a killer i think he is chomping at the bit and would take that seat for next to nothing. And we talked about with Daniel Ricciardo last week. I mean, we, we talked about the possibility of him shifting over, even though they talked about that not being the case. We talked about that as something that could potentially happen if things get worse progressively. I mean, their options are open. You know, it's like it's like a guy talking to multiple girls. He's got or a girl talking to multiple guys. He has options, you know, and Alpha Tower is kind of playing the field. They're honestly not the team that anybody wants to go to because there's very little upwards mobility as of right now. Mm-hmm. No one's taking Verstappen's seat, and it used to be used to be if you want to race at Red Bull, you earn it at Toro Rosso and then AlphaTauri. But now, Red Bull's ceiling is fixed, and though they may not be the worst performing team, they are the last team any driver would go to, unless you're already an F1 junior. So they're it's starting to shrink and if we see competitive performances from yuki and nick then there's definitely a better chance of that team moving upwards but right now it's super limited all right next driver kevin magnuson at haas noah by yourself well ben completely shut me down on the last one so um no yes you did it don't don't try to cover for yourself i'm gonna say uh, Cell, see, he's kind of getting older, kind of the same reason uh, that y'all pointed out to me. So I'm going to go ahead and change my direction mm-hmm. on Nick DeVries as well. I didn't hear what you said, Ben. I did you're not hear you at all. I said you're flipping the script on us. I am flipping the script, yes. I'm going to go with Cell, Kevin Magnuson. I think he's just getting a little bit too old. I know he's at Haas, correct? Mm-hmm. He, he's at Haas. He's not in the greatest car, but... He's just old. All right, Nick. Oh, I said Nick. Uh, ben, fire so. I was still thinking about Nick DeFreeze. Mm-hmm. 50-50. I give him two. I give him two more races? Yeah, he's 32. He's, he's currently sitting at two points. How many points do you, does that mean for you? Does he need to get in these next two races? He needs to get he, 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 he needs so, to finish at least eighth every race. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I mean, I get where you're coming from with that. I mean, like, think I mean, about what happened. Fast his car. They're slightly, well, actually, they're they're probably the sixth fastest car, which puts them 11th and 12th or 12th, 13th. But he needs to achieve. I need yeah. to see something from him in the next two races. Monaco is going to be tough, but that's one of the great equalizers. And I think that 
Monaco, if it rains, that's where Kevin can shine. If he performs there and gets four points, I wouldn't be shocked. But if he gets two, I'd be happy. And if I was Gunter, I'd keep him. It's just there's so much going against him right now. You know, new teammate in Hulkenberg, who is the same age but is driving better um, and making fewer mistakes. And, I mean, if you want to look long-term, you pick the guy that messes up less, especially if you're a low-budget team like Haas is. So, I mean, true true 50-50. He gets points and fixes his consistency, he stays. But if you don't, if you don't, if you didn't share results in two weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if Haas was talking to people over the summer break. Yeah, I'm kind of sitting in that middle zone you're talking about. I don't think he needs to finish eighth in each race. I'm thinking maybe just needs to just score points, really. Because here's the thing with him. I mean, that, Miami was a disaster for him. I think he qualifies fourth and he just doesn't perform at all what was expected of someone who finished fourth. I forgot where he finished, if he even did finish where he finished in the Miami race. I know everyone finished in that in the result. I mean, look, he finished in 10th, so he did score in Miami. But the fact that he started fourth and then just dropped all the way to 10th is not a very good sign, especially for a host. I mean, what we told Haas, I mean, I'm not going to say the words on air, but what ha- what Gunter Steiner was talking about scoring points last year compared to scoring points in 2020 when they didn't score any points. So, yeah. You, or you 2021. Know, Do with that I, what you will. I just feel like that's a weak excuse at this point. You've had two years in the same car. You know, you can't just say, oh, but it's better than 2021 where we scored none. Well, yeah, their team was a um, a, a mess, you know. I, there's some words that I could describe it, but other than that, but I just, I just really think that they were just a mess. And internally, there were issues. Externally, that manifested itself in mistakes and bad driver choice as well with Mazepin and Schumacher. Schumacher had too much pressure on him. Mazepin just performed horribly. Um. And both of them had had decent junior careers, but they didn't deliver. So they they were just like, oh, well, we stopped developing our car midway through the season. And the pattern of making with Hodge just hasn't satisfied me at all. But anyway. Um, yeah, next person. I think we could all agree on this next one. I'm saying bye on Yuki Sonoda. Hmm. Or maybe, no, I'm buying Yuki Sonoda this year because what the – Everyone's been doubting him. Everyone was saying, oh, the number two behind DeFreeze, and then he's just showed up. So I'm just going ahead and put my foot in the sand. I'm buying Yuki Sonoda, especially with a car where it's not great at Avatari, but he could continue to be the number one guy there, which right now no one in the top three is going to get him. So I, I'm still staying there. Yeah. I I also buy him staying at AlphaTauri with a big caveat. Um, I All can't right. do it. But – you just keep throwing in these extra. He's he's currently gapping every every race by about ten to fifteen seconds. Um, he's a lot quicker every single lap, and he's getting the best out of a bad car. That said, he's his stakes have gone down because he's in his third year, and I think Devry, if he had three years, would figure it out too to the same degree that Yuki has. So. Just have a hard time saying bye to Yuki at this point because Red Bull has made a greater commitment to him than um, Nick by keeping him at AlphaTauri. But 
yeah, that's just hard to say. That's I'd sell at the end of the year on his future if he doesn't continue to perform. All right, now what you thinking? I think kind of like you, Ben. Uh, at the end of the year, I'd probably sell if he doesn't continue to perform. Right now, I think if it was contract time and everything is coming up, I'd probably buy at least for another year, give him a decent contract, one year, tell him to prove himself. But there is a reason I would sell. I think he curses too much in the car. And that's <laughs> bad on AlphaTauri and Red Bull's image. He needs to quit that and needs to be better. I mean, do you fans. hear? did you hear LeClaire's radio from Monica last year, Noah? We're not going to count that. There's a difference, all right? There is a big difference between somebody's home race and so the, some of the stuff Yuki says on a daily basis that he is saying right now outside of my door here. I mean, he, he learned his English with mechanics, so get what you pay for. All right, speaking of Leclerc, let's do it. Let's wrap up with him. Finally, Charles Leclerc at Ferrari. No, I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. This isn't just sell for end of career. This is like sell to a different team. Pull mm, okay. Lewis Hamilton, if you will. But Noah's not going to say sell on him. So, no, just go ahead and make it short and sweet. And the pain. I think he's writing something. Yeah, he is writing something. Bye. All I'm, right. prou- I'm no, proud bye. to show off my terrible handwriting to this uh, great podcast. But as that just read, bye. All right, Ben, by yourself. Well, his future with Ferrari has a lot of uncertainty. Um, internal issues. He's performed when the car is good, but when the car is not good, it's held him back. Um, he has to work hard for an underachieving car. And they keep making big promises but don't deliver. I don't see him leaving, though. Just yet. I see him in the end of next season if things go the way that they continue going. So he will be out of Ferrari, not ousted out. He will willingly leave Ferrari by the end of 2025 of the new regulations for 2026. He's going to leave on his own power. It's not going to be a Ferrari decision. Oh, no. Ferrari's not going to want him to leave. They will beg him and beg him to stay. I think potentially he could even leave Ferrari for less money than what he's getting if there are promises made from someone like Aston Martin who is trying to get a work deal and might wind up with Honda and can promise him a performing, reliable car. But then again, like that's got to, that's Alonso's until he's gone. So Because they're not getting rid of Lance. Alonso's going to be out of the way by 26. He said he's going to leave before. That's what the they race. all say. No, he said he's going to leave before the rec change. I hold him to it. If Alonso's right. out, Charles is going to Aston. Okay. Um, Bye. I mean, just what he means really to that team at Ferrari, just without him, like, they're not putting up these numbers really that they're doing right now. I mean, yes, Carlos has performed as well this year, but the way he's kind of just kind of fought through some stuff, I mean, a lot of it is driver error, but a lot of it is on the, on the strategy side. But now this year, I really feel like with Fred Vassar as the, as the man with the mic at Ferrari, the team principal, I think those internal mistakes where being the pick falls really dwindled down. So it really comes down to the the driver that Charles is, where 
it's going to be it's up to him. He no, he's not performing. It's not really the car as much. I think if that makes any sense, where the team is doing the right things with the strategy wise, just him just finding ways to just not just get it done. If that makes sense. Sure, that I think Leclerc is a perfectly good driver, and. I mean, what I've seen, what I've seen is internally for has made the same things because they kept their car issues from the end of last year's car hasn't improved much at all. Oh, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about like the strategy in terms yeah, of like, and I mean, the I mean, big strategy. Strategy wise, they've been okay, but they also haven't been in a position to gamble for wins. Well, no one really has, to be honest. Yeah. So, but he's made horrible strategy mistakes besides Red Bull, who still wins anyways. So. I don't I don't really think that the mistakes have been made in the strategy department so obviously. I think it has cost Leclerc a position or two. Uh think back to when he finished sixth in what was it, Australia. I mean he's he, he hasn't been held held back as much yet. And it hasn't been as apparent, but there has been strategy mistakes for sure at Ferrari. And I mean it's nothing egregious yet, but they didn't fall apart until midway through the season last year. Yeah. I would just like to throw one thing in, Ben, uh, before we move on. The other thing you got to think about is the fact that Ferrari has already replaced some of their engine parts at the very beginning of the season. So I think reliability has been a huge issue, and I think Leclerc is being held back a little bit by that, just mm-hmm. trying to maybe be a little bit easier on the car and not uh, yeah. as hard on it. Well, with the mistakes he's made, too, I mean, he crashed three times. Um, last week right in miami back he crashed in fp3 qualifying and fp2 i mean he made a mistake in every single aspect of that race because he was in the car too hard because it was underperforming and when you try to get the most out of a bad car that's already at its limit you push it over the edge and it's over you know you make the mistake and it's not necessarily something i blame him for doing uh Lewilton in 2006, the McLaren. He was unhappy with the car, just got out of a toxic relationship with Fernando Alonso, um, where they both sabotaged each other, but he Alonso had left, and Hamilton was a car that was not as good, not as competitive. And Hamilton, even though he had previously won a world championship, pushed that car too hard because it wasn't that good, and he made countless mistakes because of it. And I don't blame Leclerc just like I don't blame Lewis for those mistakes. I think he's right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on from the uh, uh, debating topics to let's get right into our Grand Prix previews this week. It is the uh, – I, can I call it the granddaddy of them all? Uh, isn't that the Indy 500, which is also happening this week? Best week in racing. Yeah, it is. I've been told. Christmas morning. We are talking about the Monaco Grand Prix at the Circuit de Monaco 2023. The most iconic track in all of Formula One. Only 19 turns. uh, 3.337 kilometer per lap track. 78 laps. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is the most laps Mini F1 race, is that correct? Red Bull Ring is 81. 81, so that is not so close. That was close. Uh, this was first held in 1950, so in two years, this will be the 75th running 
of the Monaco Grand Prix. Or wait, unless 2020 or something knocked one off. They, they were Okay, they didn't. Okay, it's two. So the whole uh, race is 260.286 kilometers. Lap record is held by Lewis Hamilton in 2021 with a 112.909. There is one DRS zone that spans from turn 19 all the way up to the first turn of the race. Last year, we saw Sergio Perez take the victory in Monaco after a really controversial qualifying. We remember Sergio Perez crashes while... Max Verstappen is on his flying lap at the end, ends up going second for the race, and then he ends up winning it when the Ferrari meltdown began last year, really. <laughs> I don't really I don't really think it began at Imola where he spun and got from third to sixth. I think it was right here. Yeah. But yes, Monaco. Yeah. I Monaco really... is a track that cars go around. It is one of the tracks of all time, yes. They tend to follow each other. Do not undersell Monaco, you two. Jesus, come on. I'm not underselling it. We're saying here, this is the most important qualifying of the F1 calendar. That is a fact. Since Paul Ricard's calendar. <laughs> yes, gone. But, but yeah, like Monaco is an awesome track. That that super tricky turn three, four, five, and then six. six Honestly, it's, it's tough. Um, the whole track itself, it's a constant attack on your senses. Um, you'll more likely see. Oh, speaking of which, you'll more likely see mistakes from people who are pushing too hard in an underperforming car. So, that's is that what we could see with the Haas last year with um, the Schumacher? Uh huh. Where you ripped the car in half. That car was a dud, and Schumacher was driving the wheels off it, and the engine and the wing and the gearbox <laughs> so you know you could see a lot of people trying to compensate um as much downforce as possible um as much camber as possible the cars are going to be looking wild on the track it's going to be awesome it's going to be great i'm really hoping it's not like last year because if i wake up at um, what time is it? if I wake up at 8.50 a.m. to watch this race and I see rain again on my screen? Time to throw hands because that late race last year was unbelievable with the start and the stop. They go out, red flag, they race again, boom, red flag because of Schumacher, and then they get to a timed race. Yeah, that was rough to watch from spectatorship. I say they just run it in the rain. That's too dangerous, but, Ben. They don't have tires for that. And then again, it being on a wet, um, a wet Monaco has to be one of the most dangerous tracks in all of Formula 1. Because like you were saying, one mistake here and you're done. I mean, it's it's dangerous in terms of like losing your race, but it's one of the lowest risk tracks in terms of injuries because you're going so slow. I mean, relatively slow. You're in an F1 car, so obviously you're going fast. But I mean, like... Spa in the wet is a billion times more dangerous just because you have all of those high-speed corners and most of them are at the bottoms of hills. I so, I mean, I think Monaco in the wet is always super exciting. Um, I mean, Ayrton drove to second in a backmarker car one time from, from at Monaco in the wet. And when it rains in Monaco, it pours and hopefully it doesn't really downpour, but 
I think a rainy Monaco would be very exciting as long as it's enough for people to go on the full wets, but not have to red flag the race. I, I agree with that. that. Yeah, red flags are the bane of my existence. Yeah, I mean, yeah. anything like, again, like what we said, just it's so little margin for error, but then again, it's not like a very, like, insane, per se, dangerous, quote-unquote, with that, because, I mean, the, the highest speed you're going to go is either from turn 19 to turn 1 and then inside the tunnel from 8 to, I believe, what, 10? Yeah. Yeah. If it's raining, the tunnel's dry, so there is... Which is very, which is very interesting with that, because we saw that last year a little bit when it was just starting, because then just you're going so quick through that tunnel, but it's, like, more of a dry condition at the start, but you're on those wet tires, so it's, like, like that whoa. condition change. Yeah, it's jolting. Yeah. And it's that that would be very exciting to see. Um, what does the forecast look like? I just pulled it up. Saturday we have a thirty percent chance of thunderstorms, and Sunday we have a sixty percent chance of thunderstorms. With most of that uh, uh, rain and thunder coming around uh, lunchtime to about six, which is great because the uh, race in. Uh, Monaco starts at 3 p.m. Not our time, their time. So it, it will be it will be a potentially rainy track, especially if it's it's gonna be crazy qualifying. Because then again, like if you see like a if we have a thing that happened like last year, what was it? Um, was it Spa where Kevin Magnussen qualified pole? Brazil. Oh, that was Brazil. Yeah. Was it? Was it yeah. It was I'm racing now, but yeah, like that happens. Then you could potentially see like one of these back marker cars win like imagine like we're talking all this stuff right now about nick defreeze he somehow gets three puts out the only time they red flag it and then he wins the race pulls a pierre gasly or that yeah what i would do i i mean i would probably be crazy to see that happen all right but now is time for everyone's favorites our prediction time where we go through our predictions. I believe I'm probably winning this year already. Not, no need to check the numbers. Cause I already had one of them. I've already had one, two, um, one, one of my season predictions hit and I hit one of my crazy ones. Fact or fiction. Okay. But every race is wrong. <laughs> uh, I said Perez two races ago and that was right. And Azerbaijan. Do you oh want yeah. Slow clap for you. Yes. I'll take all the praise, but Nonetheless, let's go ahead and get started qualifying, as we already said, the most important qualifying session of the Formula One calendar. Noah, who do you have taking pole? You know, I'm going to steal this from you a couple weeks ago mm. and say the king of street circuits, Perez. King. Where's better? I like What'd you say? I, I said I like Leclerc on a street circuit better. All right, so are you picking him for your pole, then? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm You're picking gaslighting gas Noah right there. No, I love. I'm kind of gatekeeping Leclerc from a pole position, um, but I love, I love the speed that this man has had. I'm gonna keep it a mystery for a little bit. I love the speed that this man has had on street circuits that do have human rights. Um, I love, I love how he's able to drive on a real track. And I love that he drives with the number one. I'm, I'm picking Max for Stappen. 
Oh, that's good. That was good. That's a good one. Mm. Thanks, everybody. That one was for the community. That was that was a good one. Um, Tim McClark, a man of the people. What do you, do you got? Remember, do you guys remember last year how for like near the very end where I was like, or the end of the 22 season where I was like, he's not gotten a pull yet. He's gotten a pull every single season. And this track, one he's won before, one he's very familiar with, one of the more experienced drivers on this track, I'm going to go with Max Verstappen. Boom. Yeah, I'm kidding. No, Lewis Hamilton needs to do a lot more before I pick him again. So I... <laughs> You're keying us up for Lewis Hamilton. I oh, like yeah. That. I know. Yeah. I picked him all the time last year. I'm like, they've, they're always sending these stats on because we get guy sports. They're like, Lewis has not gotten a pole yet. Lewis has not gotten a pole yet. Yeah. I'm just like, well, oh, I'm just gonna keep guessing it, but it never happened, and it hasn't happened for a while. It hasn't happened since Abu Dhabi, 2021. But nope, nonetheless. That was well. So I guess he's done because it's bad luck. True. We could say if Charlotte Claire gets pulled here, that'd be very bad too. Oh yeah. Ooh. All we right. Have another engine failure. Now it's everyone's Ooh, favorite. Lap one. Now it's everyone's favorite time of the week. The crazy prediction. Actually, no, let's go with a non non finishing non crazy prediction. Like we've done that we did that last week. So like a non like non crazy but non like one two uh podiums. Believe yeah. All right, Noah. Give me an Alpine in the top eight. I feel pretty confident about that. Okay. Also give me Serena okay. Williams round two. <laughs> all right all right ben um we're gonna see green tires on the new mercedes did what did you say last week did, wasn't it something similar uh what did i say last week i said we were gonna see the upgrade but obviously the race was canceled but um, we will see them upgraded probably this week then Maybe. i mean they really don't have a choice because they shipped all the upgraded parts to emola and they have to send everything from Milton Keynes to Monaco, or they send the new parts from Imola to Monaco, which is going to be much easier for them. So, upgraded Mercedes because they have to, um, and rain, which will force them to use the intermediates. So, that's going to look super cool. Um, let's see what else. Also, we can't say Taylor Swift because she's dating somebody now. Sad. But we can say that we're going to see. Um, Prince Philip of Monaco. We're going to see him. That's hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got big news coming from Ben. Who is Taylor Swift dating, Ben? Matty Healy. Who is that? Oh, wait, the 1975 guy? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's cool. what they say. That's what they think. All right. Um, who am I going to – what am I going to pick? Um – Give me uh, – that's not going to be – I think I'm going to save that one for my unbelievable one. Um, all right, I'm going to uh, – I'm going to do 16 score points. More probable than seven, but gives me some leeway. At least 16 score points. 16 score points? All right, Noah, crazy prediction, go. 
I don't think we're going to have rain, but there is going to be immense talking about it. And eventually they may do something stupid where they'll like half red flag it at the start because of what they think is rain. Mm. Mm. He did that a year or two ago. I remember that happening. All right. Ben? Um... Uh, let's see. We're going to have a Haas make a mistake in the wet. A big one. Not like a big, but like a big one. You know what I mean? These are our crazy predictions. What I'm about to say then is about to blow y'all's minds. So I'm getting, we're going to have rain, not not rain, like we did last year. And then a Haas is going to have another crash. Oh. All right. Here we go. Here we go. McLaren finishes top six or up. Oh, McLaren finishes top six or up. I've been thinking about it. I think it's going to happen. Something this track always brings out the craziness. I think either Oscar or Lando are going to top six. Something crazy is going to happen. I don't think all I don't think all 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 six of the cars in the big three, and then I don't think all the Aston Martins. I think we'll call it the big four then: Aston Martin, Red Bull, Mercedes and uh ferrari i don't think all eight of those cars are finishing that race i mean and i think that's gonna, i think that's going to come in to get points because everybody else is so far ahead of them but so. i still think they're going to get tops uh at least one car or top six or above okay that's my thing and that'd be crazy. i was thinking about that for my I believe my regular prediction but i'm like you know that's too crazy just to that's use. pretty wild um, all right all right noah your podium for the 2023 Monaco Grand Prix. There comes a time when every man must see history in their lifetimes. With P3, I'm going to go with Sergio Perez. Did P- you say he was going to? Yes, but crazier things have happened in the wet and with crazy strategy there in Monaco. He has wheel. I know wheel. I I have a wheel right here, right up there. Look at that. That's a wheel. I created Where? that. Took me twenty minutes in Adobe hey, Express. Um, graphics not on here, Ben. It's on the YouTube. Uh, P two. I'm gonna go with Max Verstappen. And oh, P one. Oh, no. Finally, this man will win in his hometown. Charles Leclerc. It's not going to happen because I've said it, but Lord, I hope so. Okay. All right, now that, now that I didn't know we were doing two crazy predictions. Okay, Ben, you're up. Podium. Uh, um, are we doing qualifying or are we doing race? You already did, you already did qualifying. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Bruce Savin wins from pole. Uh, Perez, P2, but it'll be a fight. And with the fastest lap, Perez takes it. Takes the fastest lap. And uh, P3. See, I'm feeling frisky. Give me George Russell. All right. Not their place to do it, but I I would love to see it. Call P3. Okay. Third your P2, Max P1. Oh, 
Well, it's, so it's similar. It's just, I don't think Sergio's going to repeat. And then again, kind of what we're talking about, like, it's so hard to overtake on Red Bull. Is That's the last thing you're going to want to do is mess up a strategy between those two right now. Because then you mess up a strategy with uh, Max and then Sergio, and then the race gets closer and closer. Like, again, that fast lap comes important again. Because then that just prolongs this conversation that we and then other members of the media have. Like, can he which one of these Red Bull drivers can kind of pull away in that? Because then the topic of the fact that, okay, Sergio's already won three street races this year. Now street races are going to be like his thing for now on. Like he's the king of street circuits for the rest of the year. Because then he, now he's going to, and then if he wins Monaco like that, then he's going to be favored for all these races to come, like coming up sooner rather than later. So I do think it's going to be like, Ben, I don't think it's going to, I think it'll be close, not, as close as people are thinking. Like, I think it will, Max will win by, like, at least five, maybe ten seconds. He'll be close for a little while. And then I think Charles, Charles will finally do it. He's probably telling the Ferrari strategists and the people in the garage right now, look, you cannot mess this up for me once more. I don't have as many more of these races to come. He probably does, but still. For the dramatic effect. For the dramatic effect, please. I need I need to get on the podium in my home country because that is the only thing he's really besides winning a driver's championship. That's like the main thing that he's talked about more than anything else. Okay, I like that. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is gonna do it for this episode of Smooth Operators. You missed any of today's show? We're live on the YouTube. You can watch this anytime, or podcast will be up tomorrow morning on your favorite platform, whether it be Spotify, Apple, you name it, will be up. And ready to go. We'll hopefully have this race. Fingers crossed. We don't want this one to get messed up. But once again, our thoughts and prayers, people in Emla. But for our show, that is going to do it for Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, Andrew Blankberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle ninety one point one FM. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Have a great week coming up, and War Eagle.